0: Oh, <music> And we'll do this again quite quickly, because uh, it's a review. You don't need to dwell on it. In chapter 1, 21 of Matthew, we see Jesus taking control. He's in Jerusalem. He's come in Jerusalem. We, it's quite an exciting thing, an exciting time. There's a lot of celebration. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, he's, he's healing people, He's teaching, He's taking authority, He's like cleaning up the temple. He's doing some amazing things. But the religious leaders, they're angered. You know, those who are supposed to be in support of God and in support of Christ are angered by Christ. They challenge his authority. And then they play this ignorant game. We talked about this, the agnosticism last week. Remember the ignorance game. Then Jesus begins to illustrate how they've neglected their responsibilities through the parables. And he also illustrates their disobedience. And we're going to pick up from it. That's the reason why I want to bring this back up to our memory you remember the parables we talked about? How one was illustrated how he, they, they neglected. And so he's going to bring others who can bear fruit, you know, and they're disobedient to the point of even killing the Son of God, which he's basically prophesied right here in this, in this parable in verses 33 to 39. And again, he predicts his own death at the hands of the so-called religious leaders in verses thirty to 39. He goes on to describe how the kingdom of God will then be given to those who, by contrast to these so-called religious leaders who bear fruit. That's what God wants. He wants us to bear fruit. He wants the church to bear fruit. That's very important. And so he goes, this is this kingdom of God, this responsibility that you think you got, you don't got it. You're mishandling it. I'm going to give it to those who bear fruit. And we saw in verses 43 to 44. The religious leaders are offended at Christ. And they begin to plot his death. And we see that in verses 45 to 46. And that gets us to where we are just now in Matthew 22, 1 to 10. But he's going to explain this verse. Okay, in 21, verse 43, he, he says something. And now he's going to explain it in another parable or illustration. And the verse goes like this. I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. As I said in the... Introduction, the review of 21, this is a, a key element of it. The kingdom of God, what, what, whatever that might mean. And he's going to talk a lot about the kingdom of God. He has in the past and he will continue to talk about the kingdom of God. And we know so far that it's the will of God. It's a spiritual thing. It's about changing lives, changing our world, doing God's will upon this, this place. And it includes, of course, the heavenly kingdom as well. But it, it's, it's the whole thing. It's a whole process. The world, the earth, the heavens, everything. It, it belongs to God in the sense that it's his creation. Satan has corrupted it, we have messed it up, but really it belongs to God. So God's doing things in his system. It's going to be taken away from those who aren't handling it properly, who are mismanaging it. And it's going to be given to a people who produce fruit. And now he's illustrating it in verses 1 to 10 in Matthew chapter 22. And goes on to say, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for a son. This sounds awesome, a wedding banquet. Great, can I come along? He sent his servants to those who have been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. What is going on here? This sounds excellent if the king invites you to a wedding banquet. I mean, you know what happens at wedding banquets, right? You eat lots of fine food. I want to be there. This sounds excellent, but these servants of his refuse. To come. Why in the world would they refuse to come? Then he sent some more servants and said, I, mean, I can imagine the king, go, what? Why would you not want to come to the king's banquet? This wedding banquet? Are you crazy? Who wouldn't want to come to this great wedding feast? Are these people so foolish? Certainly they're foolish. Let's send some more messages. Maybe they didn't get the message. So he sends more servants. And he said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Again, this is a beautiful, wonderful thing. Who would want to be there? In the, this is going on, guys. This is going on. In Jesus' time and our time, there is an awesome, wonderful thing that God has prepared, but people aren't coming. Why are they not coming? Why are they not receiving the invite? Why are they not RSVPing? Why are they not showing up? I don't get it. Everything's ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But people pay no attention. They go off. Just the menial concerns of life. One to his field, another to his business, the rest ceased. Okay, this next part drives me crazy. I understand people just kind of going off and do their own thing, but but, but there's also this, this anger. That goes along with it. You're invited. You can come. Why are you angry? Why do they do this? They, they, the rest, sees his servants mistreat them and kill them. This is human nature, guys. This is a sinful human nature right here. You're invited. People of the world are invited to the kingdom of heaven, but they don't want it. They go off. They have reasons. But oh, I gotta do my field. I gotta do my business. Well, whatever. But don't you know the king of kings, the Lord of lords, invites you to this amazing wedding banquet? It's ready. It's, he's saying, come and celebrate. Come and be with him. But you're, nah, can not be bothered. And then worse, people, the servants are being killed, mistreated, persecuted because of, their, because of the invitation that's going out. They, why, what's the problem? The hardness of man's heart, the evil, corrupt, wickedness. The city, the king was enraged. And yes, the king will have judgment upon the world that turns against him. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. Who's going to come? Those who he has, who are supposedly his servants, his chosen people, are not there. Who's going to come to the wedding? It's ready. But those I invited do not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. Don't you kind of see how the gospel works like this? The, you know, God chose the people, the, the Israel, to you know to, to be an instrument, to, to 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 just glorify God in the world, and he even actually inspired the nations to, to, to see God. But they failed so miserably that, that he's decided that he, he's going to choose a He's going to work with a different kind. And that's the cool thing about the New Testament is it's all kinds of new kindness. It's a new system. It's The old's put away. The new, it's completed. It's not that the old system was failed. It's just that we can't do the old system. So we need the new system. We need the cross. And we need the gift of the church. And that's what we can kind of see this coming about. So go out and invite the whole world. Invite everyone. The servants went out the streets and they gathered all the people they could find. The bad as well as the good. So those bad sinners and the good sinners. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we're all sinners, yeah? But just some are just really good at hiding it and some are really bad at hiding it. And that's what, kind of how I interpret this part, you know? <laughs> we're all corrupt, but just some are really, you know, arrogant about our career and are good at hiding it. While the others of us, you know, kind of let it just hang out there. So these baddies, invite them into the wedding hall. And think about this, the king, of the, the king of heavens, the king... God, Lord, He invites us, bad and good alike, to come to fill his, his, his wedding hall. And that, and, it, 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 and that's powerful in itself, but there's a problem. and the problem is this. I, I kind of wish the parable ends with this, but, but it doesn't because there's this odd man out. And, and, and I don't want to be this odd man out. And I don't want you to be the odd man or odd woman out either. So we need to be careful not to ignore the call of God on our lives. It's a very, very serious thing. He goes on, and this is really interesting what he says here. But when the king came in to see the guests, okay, remember, he invited everyone. Didn't he not invite everyone? Yes, he did. He says, come. But he goes in, and he noticed that there was a particular man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Now he got. Okay, now, when you're invited, okay, you need to, in a sense, RSVP. You need to respond to the invite. And then preparations are made so that you can have the, the appropriate wedding garments. Right? But the invitation's gone out. However, this man came on his own with his own clothes. He didn't have the appropriate wedding garments. And this was offensive. You can't do that. So he asked, how did you get in here without the wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. And the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, this is gnarly. I don't get this. Wasn't everyone invited? I mean, how come? What's going on here? He says, go out and invite all the goodies and the baddies to come. Why is this man tied up and thrown out and now he's crying and he's weeping and he's breaking his teeth with gnashings? (laughs) What's going on here? Now, this idea of of weeping and gnashing of teeth, we, we see this several times in scriptures, actually. And many have attributed this directly to hell itself. Like saying, this is what hell is like. But others have identified this with the feeling of deep sadness Regret, anger, and frustration that is the result of being removed from God's presence. I hate to say it, but that all sounds like hell to me. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what your feelings are, what your thought is. You don't want to be this guy. If this is hell, let speak enough, or being removed from God's presence and you're really angry and frustrated and so you're crying and you're gritting your teeth, you don't want it. I don't want it. So let's, let's just see this. Whatever you feel about, however you want to interpret this, I'll let you have it. But do you want to be there? Do you want to be this man? No way, Jose. We don't want to be this man. We want to be dressed appropriately. We want to have those wedding garments on and to be able to partake, participate fully in the wedding banquet. So let's move on. There's, there's a verse here, and we need to investigate then. And this verse is, in, is verse 14. And the first part of verse 14 says, for many are invited. Let's look at that. Because we've already, it looks like everyone's invited. Because they went out into the streets and called out to everyone. Called out to everyone. Come on. Come to wedding feast. Let's do it. Come on. You, let's go. The word invited, um, um, it's, it's um, kle- kletos. Kletos. Called. Invited. Like to a banquet. Exactly what we're seeing here. Um, invited. One way we can define this. Two different ways that we see it used in scriptures. First one is this. Invited. By God in the proclamation, proclamation of the gospel. So we see very much what evangelistic kind of feel about this word. A calling out. Come on you sinners. Receive the invitation to obtain eternal life in the kingdom of God. Through Christ. And this is very much so what Jesus is talking about right now. The kingdom. Come on. You're invited to come along. We, we see this being used um, um, in Romans 1-7. Um, referring to a group of people who have received, again, the salvation. The invitation to, to enter into God's kingdom. In Romans 1-7 it says, To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? This is how it's used, this word, to be called. Okay? The second way we see it is more kind of a, in a specific kind of way. It, it's it, it's like a call to the discharge of some office. So a calling, you use that term. It's a, it's, it's someone's as a specific um, Role that God's given to them in their lives, you know, like like Paul, he sees it in Paul in, in, in verses one of Romans one, where he says by himself, Paul, as he's introducing himself, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel. So here's the two ways I, I believe in this, we're, we're seeing it kind of in the first way an invitation that's going out, yeah? But okay, so we have, we know what it is to be invited, to be called, to be herald. Hello, come on. Come on, let's go. The kingdom, the banquets, it's, it's ready. Are you ready? I mean, these people are too busy going off to the fields and work, and, and there's others who are actually killing the messengers for some apparent reason. I don't get it. But come on. Here's the invitation. Let's go. Come on. Next slide. But here's the problem right here. But, but, but few are chosen. Okay, what is the difference between this chosen that we see back here, this called, invited, and chosen? I, I'm confused about this. Well, hopefully it won't be because I've got a lot of information here. Eklektos. Eklektos. Picked out, chosen, elected. Used to describe God's favor and utilization. Okay, that's a funny word. It's the way how God uses a select group of people. That, that's what I mean by utilize, okay? The way how God intends to, 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 to because you, bear in mind, you guys realize that if we're God's people, God wants to, 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 to exercise his will through us. And when he, as he exercises his will through us, he, we, it requires obedience. Yes, Lord, what do I mean to do? Yeah? And so that's why I use the word to utilize. It, it's our usefulness. God chooses the people like he chose Israel for a purpose, for a reason, They failed, for the most part. Okay? And and, and there was a lot of problems. We see it in Judges, a lot of failure. We see it in the the history books, Samuel, first, second, chronicles, kings. There's failure all over the place. And there's judgment, which is unfortunate. That psalm we read today kind of talks a little bit about the failures that we see. But they were a select group of people that God chose. Chosen. He he chose Israel as opposed to the other Groups and nations, you know So them instead of these others Them as opposed to other people Now the problem with this is is, is is it's a group of people Usually this is used to refer to Throughout scriptures actually Rarely if any Times it's ever used to speak of individual persons And this has caused a lot of serious theological problems Because then we ask ourselves Wait, Am I chosen or not? Am I chosen? If I'm chosen now, well, am I always chosen? Am I elected forever? And I'm, you know, or wait, but if I fall away, am I never chosen? You know that all that kind of stuff. But the problem is, it's not about you. It's about the church. The church is the chosen people. You need to decide if you're a part of it or not. That's how you solve that theological problem. It's not the individual that's chosen. It's the church, and you have an invitation to come along. What are you going to do? Are you going to RSVP or not? The church is the chosen people. Like Israel was the chosen people. And, and, there, and there were many, there was a lot of concession for foreigners to come along to Israel and to be a part of what Israel, be blessed like Israel's blessed. But they have to choose, am I going to do this or not? No, we're going to make war with them instead. Well, you obviously chose not to <laughs> take the blessing then. So today, people are making war with the church. Because they don't want to, and in doing so, you're not going to take a part of the blessings. But come along. You're invited. Be a part of this select group called the Church. Okay, again, here's some illustrations. Here's some examples, some spiritual messages, so, so you won't completely have to take my word for it. With historical Israel, we see in Deuteronomy 7, 6. For, this is, again, this is God talking to historic Israel. For you are a people, holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all people. So He didn't choose the Canaanites, the 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 Jebuzites, you know, the, the Isaiahites, the Zebusites, or all the other Zites, okay? I made up some of those, by the way. <laughs> He didn't choose these other people. He chose Israel. Abraham. You know, in his seed, you know. Chosen you out of all people on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. So this is how we see the idea. It's a select group of people that God has put a special favor upon, and he's going to use them for a specific reason, a purpose. The church, the same thing. But you, this is 1 Peter 2.9. But you, the church... All right, chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special position that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Very similar kind of words we see in Deuteronomy. Again, God's favor upon the, now the, 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 all the bad people around the world, right? The good, the bad, the ugly. You know, calling them up. The church. I'm going to use these people. These are the people who are going to come into the wedding banquet, we call the church. Come along, a chosen people. All are invited, but a few are chosen. That chosen speaks of the church. Now we can kind of make sense of this, right? The church is quite small in comparison to the rest of the world. If you think about it, all are invited. They can come. They can be part of the chosen group of the church. They want to, but they don't want to. They have work. They have fields. They, have, they want to kill us instead, whatever. <laughs> you know, they, will, they have other things on minds. They don't have God on the mind. But these people want to go to the wedding banquet. Yes, can we please come along? All are invited, but few are chosen. That chosen group is the church. Again, another way you can phrase this, all are invited, but few are given wedding garments. That's another way we can can think about it. This is a wedding crasher we see here, boys and girls. You know what I'm saying? A classic wedding crasher. Someone who does not belong at the wedding feast. Perhaps someone who has come to the wedding feast on his or her own terms, wearing their own clothes, you know, um, but not through the proper authority of Christ. This person was invited, indeed, but failed to RSVP. Now, you've got to figure out for yourself, what does that mean? <laughs> How do I RSVP? How do I make sure I'm on the list? How do I make sure I get my garment? Okay, that's between you and God at this moment. If you want some more information about that, see me later. But know I want you to really think hard. What does the gospel mean to me? What is the gospel that I have received? So he did not, this fellow here, get a wedding garment. He didn't go through Christ. He went through his own pluralistic option. Next one. Let me see how much longer I've got. I'm almost done. Oh, wow, cool. This is quite a short Bible study. I like that. Here is Luke 13. Now, this is some hard-hitting stuff, guys, and I apologize for hard-hitting stuff, but... It's just life. <laughs> and unfortunately, we are, Calvary is called a seeker-friendly church, but we really aren't <laughs> because we go through the Bible and we deal with pleasant things as well as not-so-pleasant things. But the thing is, we're a serious people and we need to take God's word seriously. And that's why we go through it. Luke 13, 22, I think, works really, 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 really well with what we're learning here. And it says this, Luke 13, Then Jesus went through the town of villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And we've already seen this happened in Matthew, I was going into Jerusalem, and he's teaching, and he's ministering. And this is Luke. He saw this, and he wrote this down. Someone asked, actually, I don't know if Luke saw this, but maybe this is Luke's re, I don't want to get into it. But anyways, regardless, witnesses, documented by Luke, okay? Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? That's a pretty good question. I don't know what Jesus said beforehand. I mean, again, we're taking this a little bit out of context to make someone think, (laughs) wow, are only a few people going to be saved again? Many are invited. Few are chosen. Chosen, saved, okay? He said to them, make every effort to enter through the kingdom or through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to do it. Again, I like this, make every effort. This is kind of like how we saw it with, like, when he was talking about, like, if, if your eye causes you, cause you to sin, gouge it out. And he was being very expressive in his language. I, I didn't really think he really practically wants to get all rusty spoons and poke our eyes out. But what he's trying to say in a very extreme poetic sense is make every effort not to cause your eyes or your whatever to, to make you sin. Same thing here. Make every effort. Don't be lazy. Don't be stupid. Don't be silly. Make every effort to enter through the narrow gate. Ask yourself, what do I do? How do I receive? Have I? Will I? Do I have a relationship with God? I mean, ask the necessary questions. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter. and will will be able to, again, just like that fellow who was escorted out so gently, And he's now crying and he's gritting his teeth in frustration, anger, sadness, pain and frustration. I don't want to be that man. Make every effort. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I do not know you or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you and you taught us in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know you where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. Here we see that again. When you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the faithful ones, yeah, the chosen faithful ones and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourself thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south. See, again, we see here, you know, um, him, he's talking about the Israel chosen people. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the prophets. But yet the religious leaders who are supposed to represent that in a good way, but they're neglecting their responsibilities, they're going to be really frustrated when they find they don't fit in God's kingdom. But yet God, like we saw in this feast, how the invitation went out to all the people, east, west, north, south. So we see a very similar connection to this here, don't we? But they will take their places in the feast. Oh, the feast is mentioned again in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last, who will be first, and first, who will be last. Don't need to talk about that. We've talked about that quite a bit in the past, and this is not our um, study text. But I think what's being said here uh, goes along really well with what we're learning, what Jesus is teaching us in, in Matthew chapter 22. Conclusion. Yes, we're done. It's a hard, heavy Bible study this morning, and I apologize for the I do apologize for it, but it's a very serious one that needs to, to be out there. We need to think about it. And because of that, I'm kind of glad it's sweet, simple, and short. <laughs> but here's the conclusion. Okay, the contextual situations. So what's going on in context? Religious leaders at this time are in total disobedience to God. That's kind of what we're seeing, yeah? I mean, we're all in agreement. That's what's going on there. And they're going to continue to question his authority and cause him problems. Okay, and ultimately plot to kill him, which is pretty disobedient. <laughs> so they are. There's no doubt about it. The religious leaders at the time are in total disobedience. To God, Jesus describes the kingdom of heaven as a royal wedding feast in which the disobedient religious leaders at the time have neglected their invitation. Again, we see how he sent out servants. Come on, let's go. But they've said, no, we don't want to. Okay. They've neglected their invitation. They've ignored it. The invitation of the kingdom of God has been extended to all the people of the world. This includes you and me. And aren't you grateful of that? I'm really happy about that. I'm really grateful that there's many people I know within you know, my particular society and community that, that can give, can give don't give crap about this. They don't care. Well, it's good for you, religious freaks. I ain't interested in that. They don't want the invitation. They're just as guilty as the religious leaders who turn their backs against it. It drives me nuts. It frustrates me. If the kingdom... If, if, if the queen of England invited me To go have a dinner with her I would do it I, mean, I might not agree with her politically or whatever I might even, whatever I, 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 But I'd still do it because Hey, I'm going to free meal out of it It sounds great, I'm, a nice experience But if the king of kings the lord of lords The creator of the heavens and earth Invited me to make with You better believe, sign me up But people don't give a crap They're like, eh, eh, whatever eh, eh, whatever. Here's your invitation Bam! There's a nice little Victorian invitation right there. Here's an the invitation. Now make every effort to RSVP, whatever that may mean. Get right with God. Get right with Him now. Be filled with His Holy Spirit. Be born again. Um, invite Christ into your life. Give your life to God. Be, be a part of God's chosen people, the church. Don't delay. Get your garments. <laughs> OK, you don't want to show up thinking, oh, well, yeah, I was kind of there, but yeah, I know what it's like, you know, being a kind of that, that, that person doesn't really belong there, but it feels kind of awkward. You don't want to be that person. You want to be a wedding crasher and then get chucked out and then get really angry, frustrated and whatever. Or hell, <laughs> whatever it means, you know, it's not nice. If you don't get your garment, you will regret it. Let's pray.